Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. Let us pray. 
God of our prayers, we know you hear us. We know you step in for us when our prayers come out as sighs, too deep for words. You have come close to us in Jesus, and you have made it clear to us that there is nothing, not even death, that can separate us from your love for us. We pray, O oh God, that in the despair that many of us find ourselves, you would step in and give us strength and keep us going and shape our breath to praise you. Amen. Let us stand and sing.
Today, what the author of Romans, Paul, and what Don are going to talk about is how we have a lot in common as people, more in common than more than what is different. And one of those things that we have in common is that we all sin. We all mess up. We all do things to hurt one another, whether intentional or unintentional. And we all need God's amazing grace, like what we just sang about. Let us now be honest with God and confess our sins together, saying together the prayer of admission as found in your program. Let us pray. God, forgive us. Our unity is not always visible to the world. In our stubbornness, we let our differences divide us. We act as though we do not need each other. We do not always love each other. We do not know and bear one another's burdens. We fail to build each other up. Help us to see that our diversity is beautiful and that we are more alike than different. Forgive us and strengthen us so that we may live into this messy unity of the church. thing that we share in common is that God's grace and God's forgiveness is for all of us. No matter what you have done, no matter what you might have left undone, God forgives us and calls us to try again. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We're in a sermon series right now on Paul's letter to the early church in Rome, and we're calling the series Myth Busting because there's some deep theology present for us in Paul's words. And today's myth is we are more different than alike. Read with me in your program, Romans chapter 14, beginning with verse seven. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. 
Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will be accountable to God. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. Friends, this is the word of God to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Why do we point out differences? And instead of accepting that we all have noses, we compare whose is longer, whose is shorter, who's had theirs done. Instead of accepting that we could all use a vacation, we compare who has the better one planned. Instead of recognizing our basic human need to scream, we compare who has it worse off. Who's deserving of letting it go? I find myself wondering about our drive to be different. Our drive to celebrate what makes us different rather than lift up what is the same. And I've thrown around some potential answers this week reading Paul's words in Romans. I think we want to be unique. We want to be seen as different. If you check the back of your program, the very last line of who we are says this, we hope to always look different. Why is that? Is it because we want to be better? Is it because we want to be innovators? because we want to hold space for those who don't fit the stereotypical church mold. Perhaps none of us fit. I know we want to be different downtown church because we want to continually change and adapt because our world is continually changing around us. But just as we want to celebrate the ways we are different, we have to acknowledge that there are some similarities between us and every other Christ follower. In fact, we have some deep similarities with those who don't even go to church. The drive to be different. Sometimes it can be beautiful. I want to own my name, my style, my story before God, and there's a sense of ownership that comes with being different. But other times, I'll be honest with you, my drive to be different is because I want to be better. I want to be set apart from the rest, set above. And Paul, he ain't having that. Paul says that, if, that our lives are not our own. He says this, if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. These words 
are so comforting to me in times of death. Because it reminds me of what is most important. In life and in death, we belong to God. Nothing, no pain, no suffering, not even death can separate us from the love of God for us. Romans 8, 38, it's comforting when we think about death, but when we consider life, I don't know about you, but I don't find these words as comforting. Because no matter how hard we strive to be different, Paul is telling us that we will always be more similar than we are different. Myth busted. Paul says when we will all die, that death is the great equalizer. We cannot escape it. And furthermore, he says we live for the same purpose to shape our lives and praise to our Creator, to co-create beauty and meaning with God. There are a variety of ways we do this, of course. Your praise is going to look different than mine, but our core purpose is the same. Our core function is the same. I read an ABC article recently about how some musicians are suing each other over a similar chord progression. And as a writer, as a preacher, I'm all for protecting original art. As I kept reading though, I realized that there are only so many chords. There are only so many strings. There are only so many chord progressions. The truth is that everything is built off of what came before. And though there are ways to make a song unique, for sure, they are all unique. They are more similar than they are different. Today, you and I, we get to hear an original song as our sermon response. Becca and Cody are sharing a song that Becca wrote called, I'm a River. And the song is unique. There's no other song like it. Just as there is no other voice or other person than Becca or Cody. And yet, the song leverages the same instruments as other songs. Similar chord progressions. It shares poetry and story that is unique to Becca, yes, and also relatable to each one of us because we share so many of the same ingredients, being human, seeking meaning, observing the world around us and trying to name it. Paul lifts up our commonality, not because he wants us to conform, but because he wants us to be connected. We aren't created by God to be carbon copies of each other. Y'all, that would be boring. But we are to lean on what makes us the same so that we can learn to love one another. Paul, he recognizes the diversity in the community of early church people in Rome. He names the difference early on in his letter to the Romans because this, division, this difference leads to division. 
The Christians in Rome, y'all, they are fighting because they come from different religious backgrounds, these Christians. Some are Jews, some are Greeks, and, and Paul is watching them put stumbling blocks in front of each other. They're making it difficult for each other to connect not only with each other, but with God too, and Paul ain't having it. He knocks us all off of our soapboxes of uniqueness and reminds us that we have way more in common than we have that isn't alike. I want you to think for a second about Shaquille O'Neal. Y'all know Shaquille O'Neal, we call him Shaq, right? He played for the NBA as a center. He is over seven feet tall. Lucas, that's taller than you, right? over seven feet tall, and he weighs 325 pounds. I want you to compare Shaq in your mind to Simone Biles, world-renowned gymnast. She is four foot, eight inches, 104 pounds. Looking at them, they are as different as different comes. I saw a picture online, y'all, and Simone barely reaches Shaq's chest. She looks like a kid beside him. And his hand is bigger than her entire face. It's incredible how different they appear, and yet they have a lot in common. They're champions, for one thing. They are world-renowned athletes. They are household names. Not to mention that they are humans, mostly composed of water, some bones and muscles. And according to genome.gov, all human beings, all of us, are 99.9% identical in our genetic makeup. Yet what do we notice? The 0.1% difference. Difference, it, it gives us something to talk about. It gives us some way to differentiate ourselves from another. We celebrate what makes us unique, y'all, and we should, so long as we don't fall in the trap of sin that comes with comparison. C.S. Lewis has, has been known to say that comparison is the thief of joy. And I think he's correct. When I'm scrolling in my Instagram feed through pictures of families with their kids in these like perfectly coordinated snowsuits, just gleefully screaming down the mountains as they snow, as they ski, I automatically compare my situation to theirs. My situation being in PJs, on the couch, watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with my son. And I assume in that moment that they are better parents than me because they're making better memories with their kids than me. When in reality, y'all, my son loves Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. There's nowhere else he'd rather be. And you know what? He'd really prefer if I would put my phone down and watch it with him. If I go by my initial impulse, which is to compare, and then the resulting jealousy, I, f I don't find the commonality with those parents on my feed. We share a desire to 
be with our kids and to make memories with them. We desire laughter and joy. And, and then when I find that common desire, that, that connection with them, I can celebrate their joy as well as my own. I can click love and actually mean it. And I can relax into the joy that is right in front of me watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with my son. The Christian call that Paul is giving us here, the Christian call is to move beyond our initial impulses to compare and to find the basic human needs that connect us. I've said it before that brokenness can connect us to one another and it's true. When someone dies, what happens? Our instinct is to draw together. We're making meal trains, we're driving by the house, we're praying for the people who are left behind. And this is beautiful. This puts flesh on Paul's words that death connects us, reminding us how similar we are. But y'all, what if we found commonality in life too? What if we could bond over our deepest dreams and our most painful wounds? Let's figure that out. For when we do, we will feel more supported and known, not just at our weakest moments, but th those moments that make us proud too. We'll reach out and be connected in every moment of our lives, which is what God created us for, even as God created us 0.1% different. God created us different because God is an artist. You don't have to read long in our Bible to see that God is an artist. God created the earth and everything in it, and God values variety. If you've ever created anything, ever, like I'm talking about, you know, a piece of artwork in kindergarten, you know that it is more fun to create something brand new than to produce replicas on a production line. God intentionally created us unique, but not at the expense of each other, not at the expense of our own mental health, getting caught in a cycle of comparison. Y'all, God wants us to lean into each other, to celebrate each other, to connect with each other. As we all live and as we all die to Christ. Amen.
I thought that was somebody wooing, feeling the song. I was feeling it. So as we prepare to receive the sacrament of, of communion this morning, um, logistically just know that the front table or right in front of the table, Don and I will be serving juice. Wine will be served in the four corners. And if you feel more comfortable grabbing an individually packaged communion, there's some available on that back table by the final garage door. Friends, for so long we use our differences. We have tried to use our differences to keep certain people from this table. But here all are welcome. No matter what you've been told, know that you are welcome at this table to receive God's amazing grace. So come and see that the Lord is good. Pray with me. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. You, O Lord, created the heavens and the earth. You created the animals and plant life that fill the land and the sea creatures that fill the water. You created each one of us with your unique design and you created us to be in community with one another to build each other up, to love one another. And though we fail you, you still seek after us, sending your son Jesus to live among us and teach us. He suffered and died so that we might never feel alone in our suffering. He conquered death once and for all. And so we praise you joining our voices with the choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna highest blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest and hear us now as we pray the prayer Jesus taught us our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We remember on the night Jesus was betrayed, he was with his friends. And after they had eaten a meal together, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken and given for you. Take, eat, don't forget. And in the same way, he took a cup, just an ordinary cup, and he held it up and said, this cup holds the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Whenever you drink from this cup, remember me. Scripture says, as often as you and I eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim Christ's saving grace until he comes again. These are the gifts of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for these ordinary items, bread and wine. And we thank you that you use them to remind us of an extraordinary grace. God, we are also so ordinary. Use us to do your extraordinary work of care, of love, and compassion. Amen. This is now the time where we normally say the Apostles' Creed, but we've been going through a different, uh, different confessions that the Presbyterian Church holds dear. And today we are reading from the Confession of Belhar, which you can read in your program, was written in South Africa and speaks directly to the lack of unity that was seen in the apartheid system. So let us say these words together. Church, what is it that we believe? We believe that Christ's work of reconciliation is made manifest in the church as the community of believers who have been reconciled with God and with one another. That unity is, therefore, both a gift and an obligation for the church of Jesus Christ. That through the working of God's spirit, it is a binding force, yet simultaneously a reality which must be earnestly pursued and sought, one which the people of God must continually be built up to attain, that this unity must become visible so that the world may believe that separation, enmity, and hatred between people and groups is sin which Christ has already conquered, and accordingly that anything which threatens this unity may have no place in the church and must be resisted. 
Let us stay standing and sing together, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. As we go from this time of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and that interruption of the Holy Spirit may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.